As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is The Athletic Football Show's Prospects to Pros. Hello and welcome to Prospects of Pros. I am Nate Tice, your host today. We have the Combine invites to go over. It is February. We're after the Super Bowl. We're right into the Combine. This is what the great thing about having 18 weeks. They say great things. Now there's only two weeks from the Super Bowl to the Combine. Everybody involved in the league really loves it. But to help me go over the Combine invites and over his special new top 100 big board is the athletics draft expert, the Mr. Beast himself, Dane Brugler. How are you doing today, Dane? Great to see you, by the way. We took a little break, so it's great to have you back and great to see your face. Yeah, it's great to see you too. Uh, I felt like I was in Vegas with you guys. Uh, you and Robert just crushed it. Uh, everyone oh, else on the podcast feed did great. I mean, it was it was a lot of fun to follow along with you guys. Uh, I mean, how was it? Did you, did you enjoy it? I mean, it's your home base, but so yeah. you weren't on the road, but you had the home field advantage. So that kind of, kind of played into it. Uh, how, how'd the week it go did. for you? It did. I uh, had a little cold last week, and then now I am over the cold, but then now exhausted from the Super Bowl week. Yeah, it, it, the home field advantage definitely does matter, though. At first, I thought it wasn't, you know, because we have a one-year-old, and it's like, all right, I'm not going to get to sleep, but I'm so used to that anyways, even if I'm out like a little later than I usually am. I was pretty good the whole week, actually, though. But the but the thing was, is every night I get to go to my bed, my mm-hmm. pillow, my hand-selected pill, Zoma pillow, and all, we don't, we're not sponsored by a pillow company, so we're good. And then we're also in the bed that we love that we got from Costco. And every night got to wake up to my coffee, all the my snacks, my breakfast. So over the eight days, as I saw everybody else wither away, I was I think I hit my uh, second wind as the week went along. So it was fantastic, though. Thank you so much for the compliments. That text you sent was really sweet of you. So I really appreciate that. that well, by the way, that's such an advantage. Uh, uh, I mean. Just like going, I, I, one reason I love the combine is I can drive there and I don't have to worry about oh, flights and, you know, I can bring my own stuff with me. And so like that right there feels like an advantage for me, but to have it in your home city, that's got to be, uh, make the week go by just a little bit better. Uh, but to your point, this is, we're full steam ahead now uh, yeah. to the 2024 NFL draft, all 32 teams. And I think it's interesting uh, this time of year. This is when the actual draft boards start to really take shape for teams, you know, and it's kind of like long story short and every team's a little different, but most teams starting last week, you know, once you get past East West Shrine, once you get past the senior bowl, they do all their cross checks there. 
that's when the scouts, all, everybody, they return to home base. They return to team headquarters and they go through draft meetings. And it's it's really an interesting process for them because they'll, you know, they go prospect by prospect. Area mm-hmm. scouts present a player. They watch tape. The room deliberates. Um, and this is the process of building the draft board. And, and that's happening right now as we speak, last week, this week, up until the combine. Because as an organization, and you know, Nate, I know you know this really well from your time in the league, you want an idea of how your draft board is shaping up going right. into the right. combine. You know, you want to have some level of expectations for these guys going to Indianapolis because if they exceed or maybe they fall short, uh, then you can go back and maybe figure it out, figure out what, what did we miss during the process. But, um, you know, I'd always say, combines one big cross-checking exercise but it's it's an interesting point in the calendar where teams are really busy right now even though you know it feels like okay super bowl's done whew, all right we're you know season's over teams are hard at work day to night doing these draft meetings right now yeah and i always think one of the most fascinating things to me is how teams do break up the area like the country area and then break up the positions and because mm-hmm. that will be one of the cross checks as well, depending on the team. But they'll have the Southeast scouts also in charge of wide receivers. And so yes. they're the cross check of that. They watch all the certain guys above a certain grade or they might watch all of them that are available. Uh, so then you get into that. And like you say, there's more eyeballs on them. I think yep. the, I, like uh, some of these area scouts, and I, I know you know, is that you will hear you talk to a guy and they go, oh, that guy's not my state. And it's like, oh, it's just a state over. And you think that's wild. Don't you watch college football? But these guys are so locked in on their guys because they have to yeah. be. There's so many that they have to sift through. Uh, but I think also, too, is now you get coaches involved. As you get leaned up to the combine, They those guys start getting a list as well. Uh, I, I've had the privilege of being on both sides is now really good teams will now start getting these kind of cross points. Okay, we're going to put together eight guys or 10 guys or 12 guys. We want this coach to watch them. And we want to get his opinion. We want to put together an interview list if that guy is at the combine, especially right. as well. Uh, we want this. Well, this coach is really good at prying this information out. So we want to make sure he's in the interview for this guy. Da, 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 da. That process starts kind of coming together because, again, they only have two weeks. And those invites just came out. Those official invites came out now. So that process is interesting, too, especially with all the coaching changes. You know, they got right. this is all quick. And so this is going to be, uh, yeah, it's one step of process. It's behind closed doors. It's a bunch of ducks on a pond right now. But it's, it's just so interesting as more data points, more eyeballs get on these guys, then, like you say, more opinions get presented, more stacking of guys starts to happen, and more guys talk. And I think it's just a very interesting process. as It's only starting to ramp up, too, as we get to uh, oh, n- No doubt. And, and to your point about the uh – you know how the area scouts how it's broken up and it's interesting because i'll be i'll be texting with a scout and we're talking about a pass rusher and maybe he's say he's a southeast scout and you know he's watching a, a georgia pass rusher and he's like he's going up against this missouri offensive tackle but i don't have missouri so i have no idea if this missouri offensive tackle is any good and so yeah. like, he's asking me hey is this is this guy you know he he's right. stopping my my pass rusher is he any good and so you know it's it's interesting how that works um but then, yeah, like you were saying, when these teams go to all-star games, you know, they the area scouts will have different positions that they're in charge of. So, you know, the West Coast scout has to be looking at the linebackers. And, mm-hmm. you know, they, they do all this. So when you get to these draft meetings that are going on right now, it's not just one expert trying to sell the room on a player. 
you know, you've got your your national guys, you've got your uh, you know, the cross checks from the All Star games and all yep. these things that you can have a a more uh, cohesive discussion and really break the player apart. So it it's so fascinating how these boards get built, and it, it's up to the area scout to whittle down because you're not you know you're not deliberating on 500 players it's a more confined list based off of what fits your scheme your culture and so it's up to the area scouts to really narrow it down who are the guys we we should be looking at so yeah it's a fascinating process by the by the time those final meetings will happen over the next couple weeks and everything after the combine it's some of these guys will have a grade from an area scout a regional scout you know east or west a national scout of the positional scout of the positional the coach, yeah. coordinator, sometimes the head coach, sometimes the director of player personnel, then the college director, you know, then sometimes they might even get a pro scout involved, like just because, Hey, we, this guy's really good with offensive line. Let's get this guy in here. Some of these guys will have 10 grades on them by the time it's all said and done. Some are weighted, of course, other more, right. more than others. That's this is what the GM has to decide. Whoever makes these picks is who's do I? What, okay, if we have ten and it's universal, okay, this is great. But sometimes, all right, well, are we into groupthink right now? You know, okay, so then that process becomes a whole thing. Yeah, so I always just again just think it's fascinating. But some of these guys get eyeballs. I also love the van, the ramp up process, like you said, the All Star game might bring an attention to some of these guys. And then it just yeah. goes, okay, we got to get more eyes on this and make sure. And we're going to be talking about a few of them right uh, right here with the uh, uh, on your big board because I noticed quite a few of those Senior Bowl standouts were on this list, and I, I agree with quite a few of them as well. Uh, but no, this is just such an interesting process, and we are what feels like step two of it <laughs> uh, for the next couple of weeks because, yeah, like I said, Combine's in a couple of weeks. Oh, speaking of Combine, the invites happened today. 321, uh, officially. And that's... Uh... I don't, I don't, I don't, I went through the list. I didn't think there were any major snubs. I mean, usually there's one or two that really are surprising. This year, I don't think we really had that. I mean, there were a few guys I wish could be there. Um, it, Christian Boyd, the Northern Iowa defensive tackle, who had a great week at Shrine practices uh, over in Frisco. No invite for him. Um, I, I know scouts weren't super high on him during the week or during the season, but the, Later in the year, uh, and then especially in all-star season, he really helped himself. I mean, he's getting drafted. So, I mean, every year there are between 30 and 35 right. non-combine guys that get drafted. Boyd will be one of them. And, you know, just perfect example. Look at last year. Uh, two guys that were at the Shrine game, uh, Kobe Turner, Broderick Martin, uh, those guys weren't invited to the combine Turned out okay for both. Turner was, uh, you know, with the Rams, had a great rookie season. Uh, did I think he led all uh, rookies in sacks. Yep. And then Martin uh, was one of the first non-combine guys drafted, late third round by the Lions. So, um, yeah, both those guys, surprise, weren't invited. But it, it's it's not uh, the you know be-all, end-all for them. But I thought this – I got a lot of questions on Twitter about how does the process work in terms of voting yeah. and who gets an invite. And so – uh, thought we'd delve into that a little bit and because it is a really fascinating thing. Um, and, and so this process has changed over the years. I don't, I, I think there have been maybe some changes to this, but this is, so this is to the best of my knowledge. Yeah. Basically, there is a committee and a voting process. The committee is made up of all 32 teams plus National and Blesto, the two main scouting services. Uh, they also play a part in this. Most of the time, it's you know directors with a team uh, that are, are kind of doing the voting for each team. Sometimes it's a GM, uh, but not always. Sometimes it's a scout. Sometimes it's you know whoever the GM trusts do the voting for that team. 
and they used to do this in person, but they're, they made it into an online portal. So there's hundreds and hundreds of names in this portal. You're basically voting yes or no. And it's kind of a long process, obviously, because uh, yes. there's a lot of names to go through. That's the first round of voting. So basically, it's the top X percent at each position that gets yes votes. They are part of that first wave that gets the, the combine invites. And that comes out, what, early December, maybe? Yeah. Um, I, I can't remember you the exact timeline, but yeah, <laughs> that, that's the first wave. Then there's a second, yeah, there's a second round of voting, which that's for most of the the late underclassmen um, that, you know, because obviously the deadline's until January 15th. So you need to make sure you have all the underclassmen in there. Um, so there's a second wave of voting, uh, the underclassmen, and then more of the fringe guys that didn't receive the first uh, wave of yeses, but still have a chance. This it used to be a lot more confined of a process. Uh, only about like a handful, five, seven guys, uh, execs. I, I, and I know they used to do it in Mobile right after the Senior Bowl. Now, my understanding is it's it's back to the portal again and it's a yes-no process. And this is where it gets really interesting because teams can be strategic with how they vote that second time. Some yeah. teams, they'll just... It'll be congruent with their grades. If they have a draftable grade or a high PFA grade on a player, it's a yes. Other teams, a little more coy about it. There, there's definitely some gamemanship. Uh, if a team has a draftable or a healthy grade on a player, but they know other teams are lower on that player, they'll vote no on the player right. and try to keep them as a sleeper. And, and that's the second wave. And they usually... You know, they end up with between 300 and three, 320, 330 um, total invites. But it's something to keep in mind because sometimes a player doesn't receive an invite, but it's a 100% strategy by some of these voting teams to try and keep that player under the radar. And all the voting's anonymous. So, yeah. uh, you know, like I said, on average, there's about, you know, low 30, somewhere in there, non-combine guys that get drafted every year. But just something to keep in mind as we continue to go through the combine and then through the pro days, uh, all the all the workouts. Well, the Kobe Turner example is the best one, I feel like, because I know the yeah. Rams loved them. I think they Jordan Roderick wrote, wrote an article about it. They used emojis with their grades now. They a fire <laughs> emoji with it. And they drafted them. That's so 2024. I know, isn't it? It's like, I got it, got it, got it. Yeah, it's all just shorthand. It's even more shorthand now. Uh, but no, they, uh, they obviously t- liked them. Took him in the third round and obviously had a good year. So that is a guy that I think is just one of those, like you say, gamesmanship. That yeah. is, no, that's interesting. I, I knew some of the process, but actually I didn't know all of that. So that is fascinating, Dane. I didn't, well, what I do know actually is uh, you have a big board out. I do. 100 players. The big XXL. Yeah. We're getting there. I, I, honestly, well, I should have. at this point. I should have done more because like when I whittled it down, I had more. like, well, I had like 150 guys that, Great. Like, you know, I feel really good about their grades. Yeah. And I was like, all right, we'll I have to chop 50 off of this. So I should have just did 150, but I, so I chopped 50 off. And that, okay. the final, get, going from like 115 down to 100 was tough because there were like 15 guys that I hated leaving off this list. But, you know, you got to cut the number off somewhere. So yeah. just keep it at an even 100. And um, yeah, definitely, you know, because All Star, I haven't updated. I, my last top 50 was um back in november but i've had two mocks since then and including this last one which is a second round mock in mid-january so i think by the way those mocks played out you could tell kind of where my you know like terry and arnold being my top corner back in you know december like i 
pe- people I think can catch on. So n- not a huge surprise when Terry and Arnold is my top corner in this um, this update. But yeah, definitely some based off the All Star games, based off of catching up on late season tape. Um, yeah, what I'm hearing from teams on uh, players, uh, you know, medical wise or just other things, and the way um, you know their teams talk about them. That type of thing that that plays into these grades as well. So, where we are going into the combine, yeah, this this is the the 100 players I ended up with. That's great. Well, let's we'll start with number one. Actually, we'll start with the you know the position that grabs the headlines: the quarterbacks, the kickers. Right. No, I'm kidding. The quarterbacks, which is you went back and you referred to your last big board, which was your top 50. I also had a big board recently, which was top 40 because I am not you and cannot. I, I'm at medium size right now. I cannot get <laughs> to the XL size yet. I'm at medium, but we'll get past there. But like you, I was at like 68 graded guys, maybe 70 ish. And same thing. I was like, I really got down to about 48, 52. I was like, ah, that was pretty tough to go to 40. But yeah. anyways, uh, at number one, back to Caleb Williams, quarterback from USC. Is there anything that has put you over the top at this point or anything that changed? It has been 1A, 1B basically the whole season, but anything that kind of maybe gave him the the tilt right here at this point in time? Since we started doing the show in August, we have said that it is 1A, 1B. That's how both of us kind of felt. Um, At the time, back in August, I was more Caleb's the A and Drake's the B, where you were the opposite. And to your credit, you haven't budged. That's not <laughs> May has been your quarterback one uh, the whole way, and I, I give you credit for that. Um, I I went back and forth a little bit throughout the season, um, and that's kind of the the flaw of doing this all, all year. It's and tough. you're being transparent with how you feel about players is yes. you will go back and forth on players sometimes. Um, but now with the benefit of the full season, the way May played down the stretch a little bit just. Some, my worries about him were amplified. You watch the Clemson tape. You watch the NC State NC State tape. My concerns with him, um, just the way he would press, um, it, it the, some of the reckless decisions, it, it bothers me. Not enough where I'm not going to draft him number two overall, but enough where Caleb is to me the guy. And um, you know, I think it's interesting with him that you know he's going to get all these comps, whether it's. Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers or Kyler Murray, whatever comp you end up using for uh, for for Caleb, he's just he he's kind of his own guy. And the yeah. thing that really sets him apart is just that rare football awareness that he plays with. It just it makes him a playmaker. Um, he can be a playmaker from the pocket. He can be a playmaker outside the pocket. Um, you know, there's he's not a perfect player by any means, but I still he, he has those playmaking instincts that. I'm I'm gonna trust as you know be, to be the guy that's gonna get me over uh, over the hump if I'm a team that needs a quarterback. And with May, so this is interesting with him among the top six quarterbacks in this draft. Um, so just you know going by Caleb Drake, yep. Jaden Daniels, uh, yep. JJ McCarthy, Bo Nix, Michael Penix. Um, out of those six guys, May had the fewest number of second half touchdowns this year and the most second half interceptions. Mm. And I and that's not you know all on him. I mean the supporting cast, it's his receivers in that NC State game. It was embarrassing. Right. They just were giving up on routes, drops everywhere. So I mean it was the offensive line wasn't doing him any favors. It was embarrassing. Um, but I do think that it it kind of speaks to some of the decision making process and things that he has to work through. And um, but again, I mean he is number four on this top one hundred and. I don't see him falling past that. I mean, I, but Caleb did go to number one for me. And 
um, I, I think that's going to be pretty cemented uh, the rest of the process. Yeah, I hadn't flopped. I had May 1 and Williams 4, but you know, still mm-hmm. 1 2. And I, I watched the NC State game, Clemson games, and now I've gotten way too much and, oh, tape on all these guys. I'm going to be watching it probably endlessly for the next two months. I, I, like, I did the same thing last year. But watching May and watching those games, there's kind of some subtle stuff that actually made me like, like him a little bit more. There was the protection stuff that I didn't know that they gave him that license. And I mm-hmm. thought that was really interesting. Um, the Clemson game, he had a fantastic touchdown working backwards and away yeah, from that pressure. first quarter touchdown. First quarter awesome. touchdown. Yeah. Yes. And like you said, he doesn't get a lot of help and he does press. I think the NC State game, there's times where they yes. would, da- they're down what, 24 nothing in the middle of the second quarter. And he's like, he's trying to get it all back at once. Yeah. And that is a young guy, that a young gunslinger guy that wants to try and make a play. Sometimes to his detriment, I thought earlier in the year he had a moment like that. I really, I wish I could recall the game. I want to say it was Virginia, um, but it, he had one early. Again, he was on a heat check, and he was like hitting. He had a huge drive where he hit like five throws in a row. So this next drive, he starts off, and he was like, I was, it was just one of those where it's like, why are you throwing that? Because he thought he can just make every throw. So I still love all that because of that. <laughs> like I'd rather rein that back in, and that's why I just kind of been solidified with that. That even in the bad games, there's a lot to like. Yeah. Um, but the, and I've actually, I'm writing about Caleb, uh, next week, kind of a more deeper dive on him. And I, I think with Caleb is there's so much that you got to ask of what the hell was going on with that offense. Yeah. And I think so much, the gifts that Caleb has, it's still one, a one B for me, but I'm like pretty solid that may is going to be one for me that I, I watched enough and unless it's. Unless there's some terrible stuff that comes out about him, <laughs> I, I think I, I think I'm pretty solid on it. But uh, Caleb, I was getting down on a little bit, and I got to watch, you know, again, take a deep breath, watch him all at whole last week or all at once last week, and he has the special gifts that others just can't attain. Even if he does have some blemishes, the quick throwing motion, the balance, the yeah. you, you refer to it, the spatial awareness, uh, his ability to find answers when he's make, on the move. Just get him with at least an above average OC, and he's going to be okay. I think he is also didn't like the offensive line was just bad last year for USC. It just like very much guys were losing blocks a lot in the interior. I do think he, he needs some a good interior line to start out to help him out to kind of keep him from his worst tendencies. But the gifts that he has and the things that he can do and attain is like, yeah, that's why I, he won't drop. Like, this is going to be it. Like, this is going to be it, basically. I think I'm pretty solid with this. Um, and also, think, I think he has good size, like as far as weight mm-hmm. and sturdiness. And uh, that's always a big thing I bring up. And I do think that it's not always available to him. There's times he will turn it down, but he is will throw it over the middle, which I'll bring up all the time because that sometimes can keep me from putting the guy over the top. But I'm with you. I think these guys are just easy top five grades. And yeah. I know it's going to be exhausting in the next couple of months. It's really just what flavor you prefer. Uh, I'm surprised s- with because yeah. I, I agree with you on all the May stuff. I'm surprised. It seems like there's a lot of people down on him. Um, Way down. Yeah, it, 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 I find it very surprising. I mean, this he is the only quarterback over the last two years that has accounted for over 9,000 yards of total offense. Um, he's He has been – he exactly, he was the team. Um, and it's not just with his arm. He had – he accounted for 42 first downs with his legs uh, on third or fourth down over the last two years. That's a crazy number, forty-two right. on third or fourth down, just with his legs. So, you know, he what he can do as a scrambler, uh, what he does from the pocket, what he can do as an athlete. Um, I thought he did better with his eye manipulation. 
Um, you know, I think that there's just a his the way the ball comes off his hand. He's got a fluid, explosive release. Um, Great deep ball. Yeah, and he can alter ball speed. Yeah. So yeah. you know, when it needs a little bit of loft, he can do it. When he needs yeah. touch, he can do it. Um, he he knows he has a good feel for for hot routes and checkdowns. Now sometimes. I feel like his arm gets juiced up and you know we've talked about him before but yeah. that's what leads to some of the ball placement issues um but he's not an inaccurate quarterback. So yeah, surprised that there's been more discourse than than expected I guess on on, on May but yeah. we're we're both on the same page with these quarterbacks. They're they're NFL starters and guys <laughs> that if you're going to take a swing on a quarterback in this yeah. draft I, you know, you, you can feel good that you're you're going to take a swing on one of these two guys. Watching the Super Bowl just now, and I'm not compared to the, to the guy Mahomes, but right. you or watching Herbert and watching other quarterbacks, Lamar's and Josh Allen's. Like even at the end, the Bills missed the kick. Allen was hitting throws to bring him back in the game. Mm-hmm. These two quarterbacks are doing that type of stuff that you yeah. want out of your top five, top six quarterbacks that in the in the league is that they are truly willing their team to a score with playmaking with precise throws working from the pocket and outside the pocket and then just running when they need to. It's like, okay, these two got it done. We're good. <laughs> we just move on from that. Uh, yeah. Speaking of moving on, next one is kind of consensus QB three right now. Some guys are seem to get going pretty wild about them. Uh, Jane Daniels quarterback from LSU. You have him at eight overall. Uh, yeah. I, I had him at, at 13 overall. Yes. I had him at okay. 13 overall, but kind of similar ish. I guess, I suppose, uh, area. Uh, any, any comments on Daniels? Or I want to just move to your QB4 because I, I think we have the same there. Yeah, I mean, it's tough when you – I mean, how do you compare a quarterback with a, an offensive tackle, you know, and, like, doing these rankings? Like, really, quarterbacks shouldn't be – they should be at their separate rankings and then the non-quarterbacks. That's it. You know, so it's it's always tough to where to put these quarterbacks. But with Jaden Daniels, yeah, I, I still have some questions about some of the processing stuff. Um, I And this is a conversation, you know, similar conversation we had with – Tua and Mac Jones and some of the Ohio State guys where the situation around him was so good. The offensive line giving him all the time in the world. Two first-round wide receivers throwing two and another two receivers that will be drafted next year. Like, it's it's a perfect situation. And so how do you – you have to – scout him independent of that and that's not an easy thing to do you don't ding him for it's not his fault that he was dealing that he had all that talent around him but at the same time you have to try to divorce him from that situation and, and that's not an easy thing to do so uh, you know i i like jane daniels quite a bit I, I think that he's going there's a good chance he is the third pick overall uh there's a good chance we see quarterbacks go one two three and if the patriots don't make that pick they could trade out of that pick and there'd be, they get plenty of offers. uh, I think for a team to go up to number three and make the selection for a quarterback. So there, there is a good chance we see quarterbacks off the board. One, two, three, similar to, uh, was that the 2021 draft when it was the Lawrence Wilson, Trey Lance, uh, one, two, Mm -hmm. three. So, Mm uh, yeah, this, this will be interesting to see how it plays out. And then, 99 was that one two three no it was yeah 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 yeah, with uh tim couch akili smith or donovan mcnabb akili smith yeah Yeah. this will uh and then it'll be interesting after that when's that fourth quarterback come off the board and who is it um i i think jj mccarthy from michigan he was your fourth quarterback as well right yes he was i had him in the 30s somewhere 35 okay yeah and he was i think 24 25 for me um yep Yep. But in, so, in that 20 to 40 range, I mean, that's the kind of that same kind of tier. Yeah. <laughs> he, I, I think he is my earliest second round grade, basically. That's and good so, yeah. but I think, you know, usually second round quarterbacks go in the first round. And 
where is going to be the big question with JJ McCarthy? Um, I think he's going to win over coaches uh, during the process. Um, that's certainly going to help him. And it's interesting with those picks 11, 12, 13, with what's the Vikings, Broncos, Raiders, Saints, right. I believe. I, I, it's hard to see him getting past all four of those teams. It really is because of just the, you know, if you're the Vikings, you re-sign Kirk for a year or two, you draft JJ McCarthy, you've got a, your succession plan in place. Um, you know, if you're, uh, you know, the Raiders, um, yeah, you'd love a quarterback right now, but if you can't, then you draft JJ, you've got Aiden O'Connell for a year, however you end up doing it. I mean, there's different ways for them to attack this quarterback position, but uh, McCarthy's going to be such a wild card uh, through this process. And then, you know, same same thing with Bo Nix and Michael Penix. I don't, did either one of those make your top 40? Uh, they did not. I, I believe okay. I just made it a four, four horse. I actually, I'm really coming around on Rattler and I, I just like, I'll, uh, he'll sure. end up probably in my top 50-ish, I, I think. But yeah, he, I, he's closer to Nix and Penix uh, to me than I think it, those three are more in the same tier. Than yeah. uh, maybe I even thought originally, but I, I, I like what you're bringing up though with McCarthy. It's he does grow on you the more you watch him because you have to watch the whole season to get a good amount of reps, uh, yeah. uh, of pass attempts. But he does grow on you, and I, I, I'll just kind of I think a few people have said it, um, but there's going to be certain guys, certain coaches that love his skill set because of his ability mm -hmm. to throw on the move. He's smart. He throws over the middle, and he's got enough arm juice to attack certain areas. So, like you said, you brought up the Vikings, like Kevin yes. O'Connell. Yep. This is ideal and what he wants to do. Andy throws a nice ball. Um, mm -hmm. But then you get other guys in that offense. Okay, Sean McVay for post-career Stafford at 19. Then you got Dolphins who know what they're doing with Tua, you know, which is also an interesting thing. I know. So it's just going to be spicy. There's so many teams I think are going to end up liking him. But, um, yeah, but the other three guys there, or I should say two for you, well, really one, actually. You have these guys different tiers. You have Nick's next at uh, QB5. And yep, you 37 have overall. 37 overall. Um, mm -hmm. And then Penix at 57 overall. These two were both at the Senior Bowl. Uh, did they kind of help themselves, hurt themselves? I know we talked about it a little bit a couple weeks ago, but also it seems to be a little bit more separation than maybe they had going in, at least just by your rankings. Well, and, and I mean, I don't know. You and I have been very uh, outspoken or, you know, forthright was, with our opinion as on Michael Penix. As outspoken as, as me and you can be, yes. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> yes. he, he's... He's been always more of a not a top fifty guy for us, you know. Yeah. And how we played against Texas was a, an eye opener. It was like, okay, well, you know. But then it, it was what he what he did against Michigan was yeah. What's that? It was the it's a principal Skinner meme. It's the am oh, I yeah. out of touch? No, it's the children <laughs> right. who are wrong. That's, that's, right, that's, right. That was the Texas game for me. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Michael Penix. Um, I. I is a fine quarterback. I just, I don't think he's in that top 50 conversation. Um, now maybe he ends up getting drafted there, but it just, he's not a top 50 guy for me. And then Spencer Rattler. Yeah. Um, he definitely moved up. He, he was probably the best quarterback, uh, during the week of senior bowl that I saw up close, uh, very repeatable with his mechanics. He's very, uh, consistent with his touch. I think one of my favorite stats from this entire quarterback class is the South Carolina offensive line this year. They had a different front five combination on the offensive line in 10 of the 12 games in 2023. That's, that's crazy. Like it, it's, it, he was running for his life the entire season. And w when you look at that offensive line and the struggles so they had, it's yeah, you, you, the context is important here yeah. uh, with Spencer Rattler. So, and then Michael Pratt, uh, he snuck in there at 100. Uh, so wanted to get his name in there as well. Yeah. I, I see that. That's, I, I always love your hundredth. 
hundredth guy because <laughs> yeah. I know I know that's a special meaning to you. Yeah, squeeze him right in there. But you, Rattler, you know me. You know yes, me. but Rattler, you have the offensive line. Just so he's gonna get used to. He got used to some NFL pockets there. Uh, some revolving yeah. doors at the guard positions. Those guys are a lot of lookout blocks. But uh, yeah, uh, you talked about his mechanics. He's clean. He's such a clean mm, thrower. It's exactly why he was such a t- high recruit and what he showed at Oklahoma. He's just such a clean thrower. That ball pops out of his hand. Um, he's the guy I really wish I got to see live um, missing the senior bowl. So excited to maybe hopefully see him at the combine uh, throw. A little I bit. think the, yeah. the biggest thing for him is just, can he be a little more urgent with his process with his yeah. reads and, you know, and, and that's not necess- necessarily something you get from the senior bowl practices because uh, but you know he was the MVP of the game, so um, not that that counts for a whole whole lot. But I think <laughs> hey, Jake once... Moody, Shrine Bowl MVP <laughs> last year. There you go, there you go. Uh, but once the bullets start flying, that's that's when he has to just speed everything up a little bit more. Um, and yeah, time will tell if he's able to do it. But yeah, I, a good chance he's drafted somewhere on day two. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Let's get to the pass catchers. How about that? Hmm. Let's go there, and then we'll get to the big boys on the so offense. So many of them. Um, how many did you have? I, I had it written down. Was it 17? Yeah. 17 in your top 100, but I get it. There's uh, plenty of guys at the top. Uh, we'll start right there. Obviously, you have Marvin Harrison Jr. I shouldn't say obviously. I, I hate when people do that, but I, I'm going to say obviously here. Marvin Harrison Jr. at number two overall, but I yeah. thought this was a very – and you hinted at this, I would say, the last couple of months on this show. But you have Malik Neighbors at number three overall. Very yeah. close. Even ahead of Drake May. Uh, and then you have Roman Dunze at number seven overall. I had Dunze at seven overall as well. But mm-hmm. I had him kind of a 7A, 7B with Neighbors. I, I yeah. can every You ask me every day, I will I'll go back and forth. I think they're both exceptional top 10 guys. Um, then you got Thomas as your receiver for Brian Thomas, I should say, from LSU. Yep. Neighbors teammate at 14 overall. And that's kind of your top 20-ish guys, that kind of true first – I don't want to speak for you, but two true first-round graded guys. True first-round grades, yeah. Yep, 100%. and that is literally what I have, the same. <laughs> I yep. have those four as my true – yep, those are blues. And Harrison's a purple for me, which is the rare grade. But, yeah, that's how it that's I've got. I do have neighbors close to Harrison. I mean, Harrison, no one's going to knock him this, off kind of top a, spot. But yeah, dark, 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 dark blue for you. Tell me the limitations that Malik Neighbors has. You know, it's that, like he doesn't have it. any. It, you can nitpick him for sure. I mean, he's that's a it. little it's nitpicking. Yeah, he's a little lean. Uh, you know, he's probably going to be right around two hundred and five pounds. Um, so you know, the play strength is adequate. Uh, it's not a, a bad thing. It's not a strength of his. Um, you know, I think that 
he he doesn't have a ton of special teams experience. I mean, but see, like I'm, I'm I have to reach to find out like what exactly is holding him back. So right. when you talk about how explosive he is, his ability to accelerate, decelerate on command, he's always available as a receiver, and that's such a key thing for receivers translating, especially early in their career uh, in the NFL. Um, and he's still so young; he doesn't turn 21 years old until he reports for his first training camp in the NFL. So this is a guy that is at such a young age, back-to-back uh, thousand-yard -back seasons, led the SEC in receiving back-to-back -back years. Um, he, there's so much to like about him. So I, I, I do think it's 1A, 1B with Harrison and Neighbors. And then Adunze, again, in most years, he's the top receiver. And in this year, he just happens to be the third receiver. But he's the way he plays through contact and just how savvy he is, um, but also a good height-weight-speed athlete. So, yeah, the, these three receivers... Uh, Brian Thomas right behind them, but those top three especially. It, you know, I'm, if you're the Bears at nine, you examine the possibility of trading up three spots. I, I know they don't have, you know, maybe a ton of draft capital to do it, but you examine the the, the, the options because I that really changes things. If you are able to have Caleb Williams and then pair him with, not only do you have DJ Moore, but add in a Malik Neighbors or an Adunze, right. man, that's a game changer. Uh, it would be <laughs> absolutely yeah. would be especially because I, I i'm comfortable with your tackle situation too so that's why i'm 100 like, yeah, crank, yeah. crank up the weapons let's go and they can if, if they don't take a or if they don't if their top three receivers are off the board at nine it's i i don't know which direction they would go because i don't offensive tackle is not an immediate need with the way braxton jones played a left tackle Bowers. obviously darn all right at right tackle um yeah i mean Komet is obviously your tight end one, and then Bowers is going to be more of the the hybrid. And yeah. you know, do you do you have the offensive coordinator, uh, the plan in place to 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 have Bowers be part of that? I don't know. And so, I really think that things are wide open if those top three receivers are off the board starting at number nine, which I ex expect that they would be. It's you know, if you're the Bears, you're hoping three uh, three quarterbacks go in the tops top eight. Yeah. Uh, but it's a hard time seeing one of those three receivers fall all the way to number nine. Or someone really wants defensive help. And they're just like they take a defensive guy and you can just yeah. give one of these guys to drop. But yeah, it's these are it's hard for me to give a true first round grade receiver. And like we said, all four of these guys easily deserve it. Like neighbors, neighbors to me is that it's classic, okay, his route running isn't the pristine yet, but his body control and quickness and explosiveness, he's gonna be able to learn it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not a. It's not like he has a athletic deficiency where you're like, yeah, he can't bend, he can't, you know, he can't come down his route, and, you know, sink into his route breaks or anything like that. It's like, no, he's an exceptional athlete. And and Dunzier, I, I go back and forth on his name. I cannot. I'm gonna get a nail it. Uh, but the thing with him is just, I, I, I just like everything he does. How yeah. he's not only just good, he's good to very good at everything, and that's what it's like. Yeah, I, I can just see he's very scheme proof to me. Where it's like mm -hmm. I can see him in any type of offense in any type of role, and I think he's going to be able to hit the ground running in that. So, and then Thomas, we've talked about Thomas uh, a decent amount. It's just that he's still working there, has the size of a true X, but doesn't always doesn't play like that. And I don't mean that as a in a bad way because he kind of has a de developing underneath stuff, and yet his route running is improving. But after that, yeah, I it's funny actually. We both had Duzay at seven. I had Thomas at fourteen as well, so we matched okay. on those. And then you have Keon Coleman from Florida State at mm -hmm. 28. I had him at 27. Uh, okay. So we were right in lockstep here right now uh, until we get to the next guy. We can't wait for this discussion, the next guy. Because you have Keon Coleman at 28, and then you have Lad McConkey from Georgia all the way up there at 34, which I love. I snuck him into my top 40 as well. 
And then you have Donnie Mitchell from Texas at 35. Troy Franklin from Oregon at 40. Oh, my God. There's so many of these guys. I didn't know where to cough. What's up right there, right there at 40 right there to get through this group right now? But uh, Lai McConkie, I think, is a big mover. I know you stuck me at 50, I believe, in your top 50 a couple months ago. Or was that? Right. No, that was Yeah. So now he's up to 34. And I think there's a growing consensus with him that he is just a baller. So uh, a senior bowl standout uh, was McConkie. But uh, oh, yeah. these guys that you want to talk about more than – yeah, no, I yeah my my top fifty update I did it right around Halloween and McConkey made it in there and uh, I, you know he's only helped himself since then uh, especially at the Senior Bowl he is undersized he is he's had injuries the last two years that that does make it tough because he's not a big guy and so it, it, it you know worries you moving forward but good luck covering this guy in the slot I mean he the way he can create his own space not just with the speed and the quickness but uh, with the way that he uh, uses his body and his routes, his footwork, um, you know, the, he's just a very crafty player. And to add that to an offense, I, I think he's going to pay immediate dividends. So if you're a team that needs that slot player in the early second round, I don't think you would, uh, you wouldn't hesitate to add a player like this. But if you're looking for more of uh, an outside receiver who can be a, a true starter for you, then uh, Adonai Mitchell. I mean, I think he makes sense for a, a lot of teams. Once you get past that and that that those first round wide receivers, Mitchell is really interesting because he has that upside. He has that ability to uh, be that playmaker on the outside. Um, but then, yeah, you've got Troy Franklin, who's a different type of receiver. And then you've got uh, some a, a different group of receivers with uh, Xavier Worthy from Texas, who came in what was he he was 46 overall roman wilson was in there 45 malachi corley at 49 is a different type of receiver um and then uh once you get out of the top 50 that's where i had the other two washington guys with uh jalen polk at 54 and then i think people are sleeping on jalen mcmillan the other washington receiver because he missed most of the year with that that injury but man he yeah he is a good player and uh you know he reminds me of a juiced up Jacoby Myers where he's a little you put him in the slot he's a long player uh, former baseball center fielder you can see that range uh, when he goes and makes plays on the ball um, so I McMillan's a good player uh, but yeah there were seventeen receivers in here for me um, I think the, maybe the one that's the toughest to peg is Devontae Walker North Carolina. Um, going to ask you about he, him. Yeah. I have a third round grade on him. Um but you know, he is a guy you see the speed. He was one of the fastest players I saw in Mobile, but also one of the most inconsistent. Um hit so many drops. I mean, he fights the ball. Uh and that that just bugs the heck out of me. And it, it it's it's tough to get past that. But if, you know, you can work past that, um you know, he you, he has the athlete he has the athleticism, he has the length. Um, but the consistency just isn't there. And so how long before he learns to be a better route runner, he learns to be more focused at the catch point, um, you know, and where do you, where do you draft a guy like that? So I think grades are going to be all over the place on, on Walker. Yeah. I, it seemed like he had a kind of a sluggish senior bowl week a little bit. Yeah. Kind of a, he throws the hand up a lot when he's a receiver because I watched a lot of Drake May. I saw a lot of yeah. Walker hand up even though he was covered and not I'm open, yeah. Yeah, he, he loved doing but that. But then he drops uh, it. Right. And then he drops it, yes. And he can't run His route tree is a little barren at this point in time. I yes. I had Troy Franklin as my receiver six uh, when I did okay. my big board. So right after Keon Coleman, I was like, I think about 32 with him. But uh, yeah, McConkie, I think his 
archetype as far as that that kind of true old school slot receiver as far as the more quicker than the long speed bigger guys that are there these days is i actually think it's going to help out because now there's bigger slot players so now we're mm-hmm. kind of going all the way back to now getting him an advantage working over the middle but yeah it was cool watching him have a great senior bowl because I, I know we both were pretty high on him originally uh roman wilson another great senior bowl guy uh but also had a yeah. great college football playoff the double the double jump catch he had against Alabama was super impressive. Shows off. He's just a just a good player. Like you know, he's kind of his size isn't overwhelming. Just good hands, good route runner. I, I really like his game. Um, a lot of yeah, the things you say about McConkey, you could also say for say Roman Wilson. Him. He That's just it. he's a hard guy to cover. He is, and it just yeah, he just moves the chains. And it's yeah. one of the, those guys are going to have a role in offense. Like it might not be a superstar, oh, yeah. but get a very productive role. So I like those. I'm glad he brought up McMillan. Um, I, I've been. I had that Christian Kirk comp early in the season because he has that smooth kind of slot work from there. So that that was one. Um, is it Pearsall? Ricky Pearsall? Yeah. Yep. Okay, Slick you Rick. had it from Florida. <laughs> you yep. had him from Flo- receiver from Florida. Also another senior yeah. bowl guy, I believe. Uh, you have him at 78 overall. I remember him from his Anthony Richardson catching the ball days. But yeah. uh, <laughs> but uh, this is uh, Pearsall. How did he do uh, down there in Mobile? Because I have yet to w- uh, study him this season. Not going to lie, I have not watched a ton of Florida offense on film this year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like the first like two reps were were rough for Pearsall, okay. and then I don't think he dropped the ball the rest of the week. Um, I mean, he was he was he was outstanding. I mean, his focus is exceptional. His hands are very good. Um, he, he contorts his body really well to go make plays on the ball. Um, obviously he had that one handed catch against Charlotte. That was the catch of the year, but, um, even like the basic catches, he, the way he could frame things, he's just a very natural at that. Um, he's very good at creating space because he understands coverages and then, uh, he can open the door, you know, he's, and he's got a little bit of catch and go to him as well. So, um, yeah, there's a lot to like about his rhythmic movements, the way he could shake free, um, his toughness over the middle, uh, you know, I think he could be that that dirty slot player where yeah. you know he he's he's going to take a hit, he's going to get right back up. He's reliable, dependable, the type of guy that uh, quarterbacks are going to really find some immediate chemistry with. I like that a lot. It's uh, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, the dirty slot. I like that. Scrapping it mm-hmm. up in there. Uh, going to other pass catchers, tight ends. Uh, Brock Bowers, number five overall. Not a shock. I don't think to anyone. But then we have to go all the way down to fifty to see tight end two, which is Jatavian Sanders from Texas. And then Theo Johnson, that's another senior bowl guy, someone that we have talked about a little bit uh, over the last couple of months. But can you talk about a little bit Johnson, how he did it down on Mobile? Because I think in this t- type of tight end class, he's an interesting flavor that maybe some of these other guys aren't. Yeah, he he helped himself. I, I think at Penn State, you saw the flashes. Um, but he was never a big production guy in that offense. He never had more than... Uh, 350 yards receiving in a season at, at Penn State, and you know this is a guy that has a lot of tools. Uh, just was never a big part of the offense, but then he goes to the Senior Bowl and looks really natural running his routes, catches the ball well. Um, it's, when you look at the traits, he has a lot that will translate well to the next level. And so I think you've got a guy here who A plus measurements, uh, smooth athletic tools. Yeah, the tape's a little inconsistent. Uh, the production's not what you want, but. As a guy that's going to continue developing and getting better, this is the type of investment you want to make on day two in a tight end. Um, mm-hmm. You know, his former teammate, Brenton Strange, went what, what late second round last year. Um, so Theo Johnson, especially in this draft class, that's a, that's another part of this yeah. is the tight ends. 
after Brock Bowers, you know, there's a big drop off, and then somewhere Jatavion Sanders is going to go, um, you know, probably in that forty to sixty range. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after that is another drop off, and a team that really needs a tight end. You're looking at Theo Johnson and saying, okay, you know, if we don't get our guy now, we're not going to get a tight end in this class that we think can maybe eventually be a starter for us. So Theo Johnson, I think, is a guy that helps himself in Mobile and a, a guy that will end up going somewhere on day two, uh, just a matter of where. Yeah, I'm a big fan. It's uh, he's tight ends just so hard. So again, it's the it's the biggest fastest athlete theory, and just hope they figure it out. Right. And he's the perfect type because there's flashes of actual good play, and that's like this is exact. You have him at 76. I think that's a perfect type of range for him. Um, yes, I, I'm very interested in Johnson. Kate Stover from Ohio State, another kind of wild horse type of player, converted from linebacker. You have you snuck him in at 94, but he's going to be yeah. kind of a I, 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 the beholder of how you want to use him and what his best role, because I think he's still a developing player. I was curious. He's just not a, a he's a good athlete, but just not a Theo Johnson one. type of athlete. Right. And, you know, that, that obviously is he's, kind of changes things. Um, but yeah, like you said, it, it depends on what you're looking for. And, yeah. um, I mean, he would have played in the senior bowl, but he, he played through an injury all year for Ohio state, which I think speaks to his toughness and yeah. just what you're getting with him. Um, yeah, I think Kate Stover, if he's available at the end of the third round, he'll, he could end up being really good value there. Special team coaches are going to love him. Uh, oh, and then uh, I was hoping you'd sneak in AJ Barner from Michigan. I was, I was, I was hoping you maybe sneak him in there. You like him that high, huh? Close. He would, if I did a hundred, he'd be a hundred. Like he was, okay. that, that, yeah. he'd be my hundred guy just to sneak in there. I have him like maybe a little lower graded. I kind of have a fourth ish on him right now, but I like him. I just, yeah. he does a lot. Um, all right. So let's get to the big boys. Because honestly, this is my, might be the headline position for this draft because yeah. I believe six of your top 18 are offensive tackles. And was it seven of your top 20? Eight so of the top 20. Eight yeah. of your top 20. So, over, oh my gosh, so over a third. So, let's start with the tackles. You have Joe Alt from Penn State as your number one yeah. tackle at the sixth spot. And then Olu Fashanu from Penn State at number nine overall. Are these two kind of the same tier? And, or do you think Alt is kind of a clear tier above uh, at this point in time? I don't know about tier, but I do think Joe Walt's clearly the better. I think Joe Walt is clearly the best offensive lineman in this draft. Um, I think the, the improvements he has shown in such a short period of time is so impressive. Um, I mean, considering he wasn't a full-time offensive lineman in high school, uh, to what he did as a freshman at Notre Dame, what he did as a sophomore, and then the improvements he made here as a junior. I mean, you have Jake Matthews in... Um, who who uh who's the former tackle for the Patriots and Giants? Um, oh, Solder. Yeah, uh, Nate, Nate Solder. Uh, he's Jake Matthews in Nate Solder's body. You know, like I, he has that 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 size, a little That's narrow. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. the way right. he plays, the way he can sit down, the way that he's as a run blocker, his recovery skills. Um, yeah. Joe Walt to me is yeah the top offensive. He separated himself as the top offensive lineman this year. Um, Olu to me is is the second guy, and then that's where it gets interesting because I think you've got these next four tackles, and depending on what you're looking for specifically, you're gonna have these next four guys in a different order. Um, talking about J.C. Latham from Alabama, uh, Fuaga, Oregon State. Tyler Guyton, Oklahoma, and then Marius Mims, Georgia. Um, I, the order on these guys is going to be different from, yeah. from team to team, evaluator to evaluator, based off of what you're exactly you're looking for. And uh, for me, I went, you know, Latham, to me, he's, I, I really feel like he might be the strongest player in the draft. Yeah. And when you have that 
kind of differentiating trait, that gives you a little bit of an edge. And so he's at the top of that stack for me. Fuwaga, because I th- he is so NFL ready. He's next. Um, and then I what, what Marius Mims. Um, yep. How freaky he Yeah. Uh, seeing him up close, because I, I, you know, when I went same. to uh, o- o- Offensive Line Masterminds, um, I was talking to Duke Manyweather. Uh, Mims is right next to us. And just unbelievable uh, how he's built, his size, his length. Um, and then to see him move on tape the way he does, people will be talking about that Ohio State game from last year as, look, see what this guy can do. This is with no experience and, you know, just wait till we get our hands on him and, and it will not be hard to talk yourself into Marius Mims. No. So, I mean, if Mims ends up at the top 10 pick, that wouldn't be a surprise at all. Uh, and then Tyler Guyton, who seeing him up close to the senior bowl, you see the movement skills. He was a lot better, I thought, um, you know, with his his anchor, his ability to uh, really sit down versus power, use different. I mean, Darius Robinson did get him um, with uh, with some moves, but I, I really thought Guyton was more polished than I was expecting. So uh, and, and stronger at the point of attack. So yeah. I, I these four tackles are are just a really interesting group that I can understand why you would have maybe a different order depending on what you're looking for. Yeah, I I have Latham still as, as tackle three, and I'm with you. He's so strong, and I actually think yeah. he's better in pass sets than maybe he's been getting credit credit for. Like he's a more oh, fluid yeah. fluid athlete because considering he's 350, 360 pounds. Inside and moves give him give him tough time, issue. you know. But uh, yeah, that, it, I'm it's, curious what it's, his length is. Uh, that 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 is kind of what mm-hmm. I've been wondering too. Um, yeah, because he's just built uniquely for for an he offensive is. tackle. He's built like a gigantic uh, globe. With with arms and legs coming out of it, he really is. Uh, you're, but you're I not like wrong, him. Yeah. I like it. There's gonna be like like Bill Callahan would like love him. Like you yeah. know, and uh, like I know he's Tennessee. Joe Alt, by the way, probably everyone's favorite matching in mock drafts. But uh, yeah. Fuaga Fuaga has been uh, again another Senior Bowl guy. I thought some it was great watching him in the past set stuff like that too, and get to see him go at it and then kind of he's in, he's interestingly built. But I like what your, your comment about the polish. I still have Mims. Above him because I just can't, mm-hmm. like you said, I just, I, I can't quit it. It's just, it's no. rare stuff. And uh, as far as just body traits and everything, and he's good enough player already. That's not just a total project. Um, Guyton too, a great movement ability uh, too. I, I really am excited to watch his senior bowl stuff, but then getting to like the next crop kind of have a guy by himself here at the tackle position. That's uh, here we go. Kingsley Suamata, Su- Suamatia, Suamatia, yeah. Suamatia. Okay. Kingsley Suamatia from BYU. I have him actually a little higher than you. I have him more in like the twenties. Okay. Um, yeah, I I'm a fan. I, I kind of like his uh, again another size guy with athleticism and length appears and looks like his gigantic hands. He was a former big recruit yeah. too, but um, the guy that's going to need some work. Uh, but I do think that the, he has the tools there. You have him at thirty eight uh, before dropping to Patrick Paul at fifty five, and then your guy from Yale. I'll. I'll wait on the name yet and then blake fisher at 63 but your guy from yale is at 58 very interesting prospect i got i got some of my yale film so i got to watch them so i was pretty excited to watch them i want to talk to you about them maybe after the show uh but no but these next next amagaji yes okay kieran karan amagaji karan okay okay yeah and i've got a actually got a story with about him coming out next week uh just kind of a a feature on him, how he's doing with his injury, um, yeah. all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. That, that's awesome. Um, I would say, actually, the most notable thing to me is maybe Patrick Paul at 55. Um, I, I think I had him about 38 on mine. And was okay. that Paul, was anything recently that's happened with Paul? Is it more just as you see more tape, maybe 
lack of development. I'm not trying to lead to witness, but more just say uh, maybe just see traits as far as an unfinished box of tools, I should say, or anything else with Paul that you see that makes him at 55 as opposed to 30 or something like that. I mean, he's so big and long and yeah. you, you love that about him. Uh, but at the same time, and I was, you know, Brandon Thornton and I were standing next to each other watching him uh, during one-on-ones at Senior Bowl practice, and it's we were talking to each other about this how his length works against him. It actually it's a detriment at times because when he doesn't connect, which yeah. happens more times than when you'd like to see, it, his his recoil and his ability to reset it just takes too long because his his he's got further to go and bring him back. Uh, right. that it actually works against him. Um, and he's just, he is very raw. He plays high. Um, leverage is just a really, it's a big struggle for him. And so, uh, you know, he's, I, I just, I worry about how early he's going to be able to contribute. Is he going to be able to work through all the mistakes? Um, I did think he did some, he showed improvements from his junior year to his senior year that I think mm -hmm. were encouraging. But at the same time, the more I really dug in on him I just it, it it does worry me because I think his rhythm breaks down too easily um, opponents are going to be able to find success in different ways because his recovery technique is just not there yeah. his hand usage is is raw you remind me a lot of uh, Okafor for the Steelers you know as just a yeah. a guy that you can put out there and yeah. you know he can be okay for stretches but I don't know that you're fully going to trust him, um, but he has the tools, and those That's guys it. don't last too long. You know, when you're talking, because there's only so many of these guys that have those tools, and so he's going to go. It's just a matter of you know when does a team feel comfortable taking him. That's the difference between him and a guy like Mims. Mims's play is way more polished. His hand usage is way better, yeah. even with the lack of time <laughs> and, and right, starts right. and everything already. And Paul, to me, yeah, he's just. It's, it's just he he misses, and like you said, it's the lack of recovery. That's a good way to put it. Like his kind of reset takes too long. Maybe yeah. he, he should only go out eight-tenths of the way because he's got such long arms. Uh, but <laughs> And then the last guy, of course, was Blake Fisher, I said. That's uh, number 63. But getting to the interior line, I don't even know if I, I'm going to go with the actually what I think is maybe the star-powered position of mm. the offensive line. Is that the center? Is that uh, we got three guys in your top 36, two, yeah. one at number 20. Jackson Powers Johnson, who we gushed about, and I think enough people were like, all right, we get it. He's a good center. I think after we gushed about him a lot after yeah. the Senior Bowl, but you have Graham Barton from Duke at 27, Zach Frazier from West Virginia at 36, but that's three pretty highly graded centers. Well, I mean, two of them were in my first round mock from yes. January. So, you know, even before the Senior Bowl, it was like, okay, these guys are legit players. And Jackson, uh, I mean, he was as advertised plus more. I mean, he yeah. is. Even better. He looks kind of like Creed Humphrey because he's so wide. He's got that barrel chest to him. Uh, but the power that he plays with, his ability to find his balance consistently, even when the tech, because the technique's not perfect with him. He's no. not, quote unquote, a technician. Um, and he's young. He just turned 21 years old. But So he's not quite there yet with just some of the fundamental stuff. But man, his ability to recover anchor uh and do this all with balance and contact balance it is so rare and, and so impressive to watch so um and he's powerful he'll create torque he'll fend off defenders um you know he is a guy that even without that you know the technique will come over time give me the guy with the combination of the athleticism the size the toughness uh he can play guard or center he played both of the That's senior huge. bowl looked great doing it 
Um, he had to leave midweek with a hamstring injury, and then I, it was kind of like, all right, I mean, he, he's shown all he can show. I mean, which there, I don't have any questions about him. Uh, no notes. So uh, Jackson Powers <laughs> Johnson coming into Locked Senior Bowl, in. he he was he was my top center, and yeah, yeah, he's he's leaving the same way. It, it's yeah. almost like okay, it's twenty two low for him. So yeah, right. he's a good player. He could be a weapon at center, like as a yeah. puller on screens and everything. Like we think of Jason Kelsey, but he's big. <laughs> this guy's gigantic. He's, well, and, and he's yeah. and he's fun too. There was yeah, the, during. Hilarious. I think I mentioned this in the last pod, but there was a, a play down the field. I think to Theo Johnson, where uh, he, I mean, it's just seven on seven, and he's running thirty yards down the oh. field to go give him a chest bump. Like, it, uh, like he is a guy that loves to play, um, and it, it comes out very earnestly on his tape. Yeah, he uh, plenty of film where. Uh, running back on a screen, like cut back, and he's like guiding him. He's like, no, 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 go in, follow me. It's so <laughs> you can great. tell th- those are his favorite. Yeah, yes, uh, yeah. Screens are <laughs> hilarious with him. But then, yeah, Barton from Duke, who has some positional versatility. Uh, you yeah. know, he's played a lot of tackle. But yes, I think the interior is the best spot. But again, these both of these guys have interior versatility. I think legit interior versatility. But I think center is their best position. But then Zach Frazier, who is mm-hmm. uh, you've talked about his toughness before. Um, you've talked about just, I mean, he's a gamer. Uh, all through and through might be a center only guy. And I think that is why maybe to me that he's maybe a graded back and maybe he has some limitations size wise compared to these other guys. That's to me. And then your last guy is Cedric Van Pran at 93. Your center yeah. four, who is kind of a long starter in the SCC smart, you know, has some limitations, but you kind of know what you're getting with Van Pran, but that is yeah. NFL group. play strength. Um, yep. Like him in the run game. He's got leadership. He's got smarts. Um, I, I think he'll be he'll struggle a little bit when he's in space versus NFL athletes. Yeah. But yeah, I think he's a guy that is not a guaranteed tenure starter in the NFL. But he's going to come in and compete, and he's a guy that's going to at least help your s- center spot on your depth chart, no doubt. Um, yeah, cool. with Frazier, he's I, yeah to seeing him run at OL Masterminds uh, was crazy. Just two months removed from that broken leg. Um, but yeah, his t- talking to his teammates about him, they love him. Uh, you know, he, he does have that, you know, the, the character you want for a center. He's smart. He got married, uh, in the, in the off season, uh, five of his teammates were, were groomsmen. So no questions about, you know, birthday party, that kind of thing with him. Um, it's, it's the yeah, back, it, it's the quarter, it's the quarterback and the other four offensive linemen. That's that, that, that and, and I mentioned it before, but he hit the DNA lottery because his dad's side were football players. His mom's side were wrestlers and it just, it, it fit perfectly for him. So, um, and I, but I want to make sure we hit the running backs too. Uh, no running backs in the top 65. Of, of the top 100 top but, 69 top 70 you got one in one your first running back is at, at 70 overall. yeah between 70 and 92 there are <laughs> seven so, running backs so there's I a run so on these funny. guys and it's it's almost like last year's class where the the value of the position was the mid to late third round except we didn't have a Bijan or a gibbs in the first round to go early it's just you know where these guys uh, come off the board. It'll be interesting on day two. Um, I, there's a good chance someone gets taken before 70, just, you know, a team that really yeah. wants running back help and they, they've fallen in love with a guy. I mean, it could take them mid second round, you know, that's definitely possible, but, uh, yeah, this is a interesting running back class. Just depends on kind of what you want, what you're looking for. Yeah. But yeah. Big time. I the beholder. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching, 
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. For their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify magic. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash maze, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash maze now to grow your business, no matter which stage you're in. Shopify.com slash maze. Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Well, we do have the guards too, uh, before because that oh, yeah. that has loaded. I just got excited about the centers, and and they came first alphabetically, and that it's just my there own. You I, they, yeah, you can see my ADD in action right there. Uh, but you have Troy Fontenew for Washington guard, great yeah. player. I, I got to watch some college football playoff tape, and I thought he did really well, uh, even oh. if other guys were kind of falling apart. You know, the right tackle, the rough rough one <laughs> in the yeah, final, but oh yeah, but uh, no Fontenew, man, he yeah he's good. I would give him a sh- I would give him a shot at right tackle. Just, just to see. Uh, just oh, see sure. I, yeah, yeah. He has the length to do it. I, I just, okay. I think aesthetically, it just he kind of just looks like a guard. Like Doesn't I think he'll he? be maximized as a guard. SpongeBob SquarePants. Yeah, that's <laughs> there. You go. But like putting him at guard is not saying that he can't play tackle. It's saying I think he'll be a Best really good tackle guard. or a great guard. You know, that's and so. Yeah, and same thing with Jordan Morgan from Arizona. I have yeah. him as a guard. I know several teams that have him as a guard. Doesn't mean he can't play tackle. It's just I have him I tackle think right now. Still, I yeah. have not bumped him to guard yet. <laughs> totally understand why. I, yeah. I think he can be a really good tackle. I just I think he could be a better guard. But you know, when you're trying to get the the best five out there, having some of that position flexibility certainly helps your favor. Uh, why both those guys could end up being as first round picks. Oh man, like Jordan Morgan with a Shanahan offense would be phenomenal. Like 49ers would yeah. love him because again, we, we've joked about this. It's like, oh, who needs help throughout the offense line? I give him the guy that we mm-hmm. don't know if he's a guard or a tackle yet. Okay, cool. I'll get him right there. But seriously, I love Morgan because of how he plays because he's so, yeah. his movement ability, his ability to get cutoffs and space. Like actually, like Miami or San Fran would like love to have a Jordan Morgan, I think. Oh yeah, you know? no question. Yeah. And one thing I really like with the Pac 12 is they have the Morris Trophy which uh, is voted on, it, it goes to the offensive line, best offensive lineman and defensive lineman in the conference, but the who votes on it, the coaches, and so the, the, the defensive line, uh, the best defensive lineman, the often, the opposing offensive lineman, and the coaches vote on that. So, you know, you That's it's not... Cool. It's not the writers. It's not the it, it's it's not the SIDs. It's you know who's <laughs> voting on it, 
And you think about some of the we just talked about Jordan Morgan. We talked about Fuaga. I mean, there's some some pretty good offensive line help, uh, players. Uh, Jackson Powers Johnson, yep. uh, some pretty good offensive linemen Man, in the Pac-12. Yeah, Pac-12 guys, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, good yeah. Fontenot is the one that won the Morris Trophy. So oh, obviously had that respect for yeah. from his peers and a, a, a guy that yeah has a lot going for him. I. I had he I, I knew he was gonna be in my top twenty. It's just a matter yeah. of how high do I put this guy? Because yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, you have him nineteen overall. That's a very healthy grade. I have a blue color on him, which is equivalent to this. You know, a top twenty grade essentially. Yeah, yeah I'm right there with you. Dropping down, we get to Cooper BB at forty seven from Kansas State. Another SpongeBob SquarePants build guy. Uh, yeah. But then we got Dominic Pooney. From Kansas. Mm-hmm. I, I like Pooney. I'm a fan, but I actually really wanted to ask you about the next couple guys. Pooney would actually be one of them. I actually really all of these guys, so I spoiled it. But yeah, Pooney, Christian Haynes from UConn, Christian yeah. Mahogany from Boston College. Um, I thought those guys were interesting. I was curious what your, your thoughts on them because I believe they were all all-star game standouts. And mm-hmm. these type of guys seem to rise in this process as more teams get eyes on them. Mahogany is just a power guy. I mean, he is a bouncer outside of the club looking to bash heads with power, forceful hands. And he's not a bad athlete by any means. Uh, Just needs to play with a little more control when you ask him to play in space. But yeah, he is a guy that is built on power. Um, I thought he had a good week seeing him up close at the Shrine game during practices. That was fun. Um, Pooney is... uh, you know, he has tackle experience. He played left tackle this past year. Like him best inside at guard. I did Bet on himself <laughs> yeah. going to Division two to Kansas, and he played yeah. well. Sorry. Did you have something to add on Pooney? Oh, no. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I said, I. Uh, you said he's probably best at guard. I was like, yeah, yeah. I, I, no, I, I, I do too because, uh, yeah, I don't think he, he's a guy that I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not going to try my tackle for too long. That would be about the no, strike right. right away. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, no. And, and Along those lines of guys that help themselves, uh, you know, Pooney playing center during Senior Bowl week certainly helps. And then with Christian Haynes at UConn, I, I thought he had a really good week, uh, Senior Bowl week, uh, put himself into into the top 100. You know, UConn, haven't been a ton of reasons to watch UConn over the last few years, but uh, Christian Haynes, definitely one of them. He's maybe not a, a big-time athlete, but he's a good enough athlete. And then, but he also has the play strength. He has the smarts. He's a finisher. Um, so that helps, you know, you don't have to be a top tier athlete as long as you have those other things. And I think right. he certainly does. Right. Okay. We're, uh, I spent too long on offense. Like I always do. So it splits right, right. Get to the defense. <laughs> so your top graded guy, cause this is actually the position that probably has the most first round kind of graded guys is the corner yeah. position. You, you have yeah. Terry and Arnold, like you said, that you have hinted that he's your corner one for a while now, full agreement from over here, but you have him at 10 overall, which is your first defensive player on your big board. So the first nine is offense. If anyone doing math at home, but number 11, your cornerback two is who Dane super interesting name here. Quinion Mitchell from, uh, from the Mac in Toledo. Um, and, and you know, I think come or in my mid January mock, he was like what? 22 or something like that. So, I mean, he was squarely in the first round at that point, the way seeing him up close at the senior bowl from start to finish, I, he was he clamped down on coverage or on the receivers and gave you uh, showed you the coverage you wanted to see from a player that was big time in the MAC. But okay, how would he do against Roman Wilson and Ricky Pearsall and the best receivers that the Senior Bowl had? He played outstanding. I mean, he is. Uh, and then you you know it's like okay, you, you want a guy with size. All right, he's six foot, two hundred pounds. 
Um, you want a guy with speed. All right, he's going to run the four threes at the combine. Um, my favorite thing about him is how composed he plays. Like he is always under control with his transitions, with his movements. It doesn't matter if you're playing press, he's playing off. Um, they, they were very zone heavy at Toledo. So seeing yeah. him press yes, and, were. you know, do that at the, at the senior bowl practices was really important. Um, so just a balanced size speed athlete, um, stays in phase up and down the field. And then you, if you want to, you want a guy with production, you know, that passes, defended interceptions that translates right, over the last two years, he accounted for, uh, I think it was what, 46, uh, passes defended over the last two years. Uh, and I don't, I don't care what division you're playing at. That's just remarkable production. It's crazy. Um, and so, and he got his hands on plenty of balls during senior bowl practices, um, I, I, you could just tell his awareness, his feel just yeah. different. Um, the ball skills, I, I, I do not use the word elite very often in my reports. I use them for his ball skills. Uh, he just has a knack for it. And you know, this is a guy that is NFL ready. He's a starter. He's got a very bright future in the league. Yeah. What, what did his, I, I agree. I thought I was getting spicy and having him in my top 20. I was, I was like, yeah, all right, here we go here. But, uh, cause he measured in just great. Uh, of course he had yeah. the impressive senior bowl. So I'm, I'm full steam ahead. I love that you had him this high because I think he's so deserving of it. Next you had Cooper DeGene at 23 overall, which I think mm-hmm. is about right. Uh, DeGene, of course is getting healthy right now. Is he doing anything at the combine? Do you know? As far as the drills or anything, I know that's an unfair question to ask you, but I, I don't know. But I mean, yeah. I know he he was just cleared, so it's just a matter of has he had enough time to train, you know? Yeah, um, all that stuff. I, I don't know, but I would guess probably not enough time to train, and yeah. he'll probably you know put his best foot forward at the pro day. But yeah, we'll have to wait and see on on him. But yeah, he's and, and it's another. I wanted to see the show, Dane. I wanted to see the I, show. That's why I was I'm asking t- you. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I want to see a dunk contest at, at the combine. Make it happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this guy, uh, he he just he's so much he can do, and he's great. I, I'm just I, I'm dreading the is he a safety or corner debate that's coming. Um, Pretty exhausted. It, it's going to be a topic, <laughs> um, but it's kind of like the what I said about you know like Fontenew. Like it's not that he can't play tackle. That's not why I have him as a guard. And you know if Dejean does play safety, it's not because he can't play corner. It's just because right. he's he might be the best tackling uh, defensive back in his class. And the way he operates, uh, his spatial awareness, it just, it works really well as a safety. And so it's not that he can't play corner. It's just that he could be a really good safety as well. So, um, yeah, he is a, he's a good player. I keep pounding the table sometimes about like certain teams that just need a DB. It's like, okay, let him be a safety your first year and move to outside corner. If you need that and you need a guy transition on it, if you need a slot, I I just think he's awesome. Uh, yeah. And then, Nate Wiggins from Clemson. That's kind of, this, so. This is the guy that I. This is interesting, with. yeah, because you've kind of kind of wavered about fourteen spots, give or take, with him. So I'm, I'm curious. Yeah, what you feel about I, I've been too. high on him all year, yeah. um, and I'm st- I still like him. Um, it's just he is when you talk about corners and what you know, you you need size of the position. You need to be able to hold up physically. He's so slender and lean that now I've got it. Like someone, a scout mentioned this to me, and now I've got it in the back of my mind, like. All right. Yeah, he he does play physical, but can he hold up? Um, you know, this is a guy that he he missed two games this year with an injury. He missed time last year with a, with a hip. Um, you know, like can he hold up physically? Uh, being a guy that's six two, but you know, a buck eighty five. Um, but I do like a lot of the rest of what he offers. He's a young player. Um, I there's a lot. He's so sudden with his feet. He's efforts not a question with him. It's just 
does he have the body type to hold up physically? And it's not like I'm not going to draft him. It's just, okay, is he truly a top 20 player or is he more of a top 30 player? So mm. with Wiggins, he, he's a guy that I know I've, I've gone back and forth a little bit on, and I'm sure I'll continue to, throughout the process. Yeah, I'm at 18 right now, and I'm kind of the same yeah. thing. Just cause, Yeah, I'm curious what he measures in that because you can see the twitchiness and ball skills and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's just like you say. It's how he holds up. The guy that was kind of CB1 for a lot of people to start the year, I think including both of us, at least me, uh, Kool-Aid McKinstry. Uh, you have him mm-hmm. at 29 overall. Again, I'm right in the same range. I think I was in the low 30s with him. And then after that, it's kind of a little bit of a drop-off into a, a whole kind of glutton of guys. Uh, but maybe of the the glutton of guys, are there any that you want to highlight? I would say for me, just before I'll get my talking out of the way, uh, and I, hopefully I get his name right, is Ennis Rakestraw from Mizzou. I ha- yeah. ended up squeezing him in my, uh, I believe, in my top 30. Yep, I had him at number 28. Um, really liked him. I, I got to watch a couple games, like some of the ball skills, like some of the movement stuff. So um, a guy I'm pretty interested in, but I'm curious about this other group of guys that you like, Dane. Yeah, Rick Straw, I, I struggle with him. I think he's um, he's a he's a good player. Um, I, he's patient. He's controlled. Um, he's got change of direction. Um, I, I do like the movement skills. I, he's a very lean player, and so another guy, kind of like the Sounds Wiggins like conversation. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, right. I mean, I think he's, and I don't think he's a. I'll be interested to see what he runs at the combine. I, mean, I, I don't know if be, that's it, it, my it, thing. I'm kind of curious right. about too. And at corner, it's kind of like okay, I need three of the four things. I need okay, size, athleticism, um, smarts, and toughness. I need three of the four. And you know, I it, Trent McDuffie. Not a big guy at all. Short arms. But you know what? One of the smartest DBs I've ever talked to. Uh, toughness is off the charts. Mm-hmm. Big time athlete. Okay, you give me three of the four. I have no problem. He was like my 12th overall player in that draft. Mm-hmm. I, I loved him. Uh, I, no problem uh, with with uh, with him. But okay, if you're lacking on the size, you don't maybe you don't have the top tier speed. You know, and you start to, if you don't have three of the four, then doubt starts to creep in. And it doesn't mean you can't overcome that. But when you're trying to stack these guys and project them forward, um, there are some question marks. So I do like how aggressive he plays. Uh, he does put sticky coverage on film. Um, it's just, I think he's, I do think he's a starter, like a, a starting man cover guy in the NFL. Yeah. Um, it's just the injury history is a concern. The build's a concern. Um, so I don't have him quite as high as I, I know some other people will. Yeah. Uh, you have uh, no. I think that's all very fair. And uh, his the, teammate uh, at Missouri, uh, Chris Abrams Drain, uh, he did make the top 100 as well uh, later on. But talk about a guy with ball production, double digit passes defended each of the last three years. Um, he played well at the Senior Bowl, so yeah, wanted to make sure he got in there as well. Uh, yeah, like again, I like when at the tail end guys. There was another guy that kind of has dropped off, Kalen King. He's at 84 overall now from Penn yeah. State. I don't know yeah. what to do with him. Just don't play Marvin Harrison Jr. That is his number one thing. But yeah, he's even just, the Senior Bowl. I know wasn't Senior Bowl was wrong. great. Like it was, it wasn't. He's a, he's a he's a cloud corner to me. Like I still think that cover yeah. two, like where he can use his eyes a little bit. I've still kind of that's where mm-hmm. I think he's best. I know I think he just has limitations when he has to be sticky. It's just he just kind of doesn't have that corner. Movement. Cornerback is a volatile position, oh. and I think he is Exhibit A. Why it can be volatile. So, you know, he he is a tough guy to kind of figure out exactly. The one that always cracks me up is TJ Tampa because he's at Iowa State and they always play the Tampa too. So it's uh, that one always just cracks me up too. Yeah. But no, it's an interesting corner class. I think there's plenty of talent. It's um, some cool flavors too. Um, Mm -hmm. Not so much safeties. Your first safety is Tower Newbin at 41. Again, this has kind of been hinted at in some of your mock drafts. 
you have Jaden Hicks at 43. That's kind of mm-hmm. clo- going to be very close for you, you think, uh, as kind of safety one and two for you uh, in this process? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I uh, wish we could have seen Newbin at the Senior Bowl, but he mm-hmm. he didn't go. Um, be interested to see both, all these guys at the Combine, see how they work out. Um, it, it's not a great group of safeties, but I think on day two, you can find some, some starters in there. So um, I think depending on what you're looking for, teams will be a little bit different with how they rank these guys. Okay. Yeah, let's get to more fun one. All right. Uh, we'll go. Oh, shoot. Edge. All right. Here we go. Defensive line. These, because there's actually some guys here. Dallas Turner at 12. Okay. That is your edge one. I am in agreement. Yeah. That was the only. I think I cracked him in the top 10 because it just felt so weird. I had him at nine. It just felt okay. so weird to have not have a defensive player. And I was like, ah, all right, I'll give him a bump. But I, I really like him. I just think he's very, especially how defenses play right now, you can do a lot with them, especially the coverage stuff they do with them. I think that's really interesting. So. Um, he, he's a freaky athlete and yeah. he can play the run he can rush a passer and he's cool yeah he's, he's still cool player <laughs> and he's still yeah. getting better like he's still yeah. figuring things out so i think a team's gonna fall in love with him and, yeah. and take him somewhere top 15 i think if you're making bets on who the first defensive player is gonna be um terry and arnold's first on my board and that's kind of probably where i would lean but dallas turner's as good a bet as any that's it yeah they're right there neck and neck for me as well jared verse right now you have him over lot uh Leatu latu from ucla jared verse I, we have for florida state these next Art. three guys are kind of in a similar oh, tier Chop for Robinson. me yes at yeah I, I would throw chop in there too it's wild just, flavor differences here too as well exactly <laughs> yeah. like chop is very different than what jared verse gives you verse has the better floor in the nfl like mm-hmm. you you know what jared verse is going to give you chop robinson has a special trait that first step explosiveness is special uh, he's not well-rounded like versus, but do you opt for the special trait and, you know, figure out the rest or do you want the more well-rounded player? So it's, it's a philosophy question with these guys and yeah. that, you know, and Latu, he's, his lack of big time size and strength, I think shows up at times, but he's so uh, crafty with his hands. Yeah. He understands, is it so instinctive that, yeah, I mean, he's, he's a good player, even if he's not a you know, top 10 type of prospect. Have you compared him to John Wick this whole time? Yeah, he, he's, he's John Wick. He's not I, superhuman strength, superhuman athlete. He just has that killer instinct that uh, the skill, the, uh, the skill part of it is yeah. just very unique for him. Yeah. I went with a different Keanu Reeves movie. And that was the matrix where, you know, where he, okay. learns, he learns Kung Fu and drunken boxing all at once. Like it's all like downloading, uploading. I was like, that's a lot too. in his hand usage. He just knows all like the martial it. arts. He's got, he's got, he got upload by tank. All right, let's see how many Keanu uh, uh, <laughs> movies we can c- compare Referred guys to. to. So I got okay. got to find a speed reference in here somewhere. Okay. Uh, maybe right, a hardball. I don't know. Uh, we got Darius Robinson from Mizzou, who is a senior bowl riser. Yeah. A guy that snuck up on people like the movie Constantine, if you ever <laughs> want to check it out. <laughs> oh, I'm reaching here. I'm reaching. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, he, no. he, did, he did play well in the senior bowl. That's for sure. All right, well, I know you have to go. So we got the edges, defensive tackles. You have Byron Murphy at 15 overall. Keeps rising for you. Totally get it. Uh, Devon Dre Sweat, his teammates at 33 overall. Had a huge senior bowl, I know. Um, And Jerzon Newton is at 30. I also like him, but I'm at 31 with him. Same exact thing. I think ship size limitations as well. Not really any linebackers to speak of. I believe we have the same linebacker one, which way to go us. Junior Colson, you have 39. I had him 40. We both, I snuck him into my top 40 because I had to get a linebacker in there. And then, of course, you have Edrin Cooper at 42. But 
plenty of these guys to talk about. Any that you want the the Texas guys to start off, maybe just to wrap up the show? Yeah, Byron Murphy. Um, I mean, he just he's versus a run versus a pass. You know, he can do it all. And I, I think I surprised some people when he was 16 overall in my mock draft. But he deserves it. He might not make it to 16 overall. Um, he is that type of player. And then Junior Colson at linebacker. I mean, he is uh, he, how tough he is. He ha- he's an athlete. He he can do it all. So yeah, I think he's deserving of that top linebacker spot. Yeah, I am comparing him to like a kind of the same play style as Nick Bolton a little bit. Kind of does a lot of things go. nice. Yeah. You know, well, different, a little bit different body type, but that was the guy I ended up with. But that kind of speaks to the linebacker class. That's what he is. But thank you so much to Dane. We, I think we went over about 80% of that top 100, but please make sure to check it out on The Athletic right now. Dane's top 100. My top 40 is over at Yahoo. Thank you guys so much. Thank you to Dane again for all of his time. Thank you guys so much for checking this out. We will be here every single week. Robert will start joining us soon, and we'll get the three-man weave going once this giant draft process gets really, really ramped up after the combine. But make sure to check out all our combine stuff coming soon. See you guys next time. This was the Athletic Football Show's Prospects to Pros podcast.